Hello, this is Revel, and you are listening to Rockin' Radio. For Timeline Clarity, the show is recorded and uploaded in June 2009. My guest today is Sarma Melngalis, co-author of Raw Food Real World, partner and executive chef of Pure Food and Wine, founder and president of the online boutique and snack line One Lucky Duck, and now author of her own book, Living Raw Food, Get the Glow with 100 More Recipes from Pure Food and Wine. Welcome, Sarma. Hi. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, thanks for redoing this with us. So let, let's just uh, find out a little bit about you. How did you get started with raw? Um, it happened sort of, uh, it happened almost overnight. I had, um, you know, I was never even, I was not vegan, I was not vegetarian. I hadn't even really thought about it or, you know, I vaguely heard about raw food. Um, this was six years ago now. And I had previously worked in finance for a number of years, and then I left and went to traditional culinary school and got into the restaurant business with somebody. And at one point, somebody brought us to a little raw cafe here in New York City, and um, and I was just incredibly surprised, as many people are when they first try raw food. And I just thought that nobody, you know, we, we thought that nobody had done anything like this, but in, you know, from the from a background of, from people who have sort of a traditional culinary background. Um, I mean, I guess that at that point I had heard of Roxanne. She was kind of the, you know, she was the first one who went out and did that, um, but certainly not here in New York. And so that was, so, and what happened was it started out as an experiment. I just found it very intriguing and thought, you know, this is, this is incredibly interesting. I've never heard of this idea of eating only, <laughs> only raw food. And the person was, um, who we went with was, you know, incredibly intelligent, great guy and explaining it to us. And um, so we went and I had a partner at the time and we went and tried it thinking it would be a two-week experiment just to see how we felt and thinking that, you know, it would be challenging and we'd be craving all these foods. And, you know, of course, you probably can imagine what happened. It's like three or four days into it, you know, it just was like, wow, this is it, you know everything sort of changed. I mean, it, it felt amazing, and I was reading books about everything, about raw food and everything I could get my hands on, and um, and sort of realized that it was definitely a permanent shift. And I sort of also knew at the time that, um, you know, that it was just incredibly significant for me. It was much more, it was about much more than just the food part of it. What, what, that was, what more that was, was it? Well, I sort of had a sense that this was, um, you know, after... I, I mean, I worked, I did sort of the hard, the sort of hardcore Wall Street thing for five and a half years. And when I left, I sort of didn't have a career anymore. And then, um, but I left to go to culinary school, which I loved. And I loved food and I loved cooking. And my mother was a chef. And then I sort of fell into the restaurant business with a partner. Um, and, but still sort of not really knowing, you know, not really knowing what we were doing, what I was going to do eventually. Um, not really having a, a sort of a, a life plan, and um, and so I just uh, I, I realized without really knowing what I was realizing, but I I realized that kind of this was what it was all going to be about. So you just I mean that that's a big change from financing to culinary school. Yeah, that was I mean I I definitely I um, you know it, the there were parts of it that I enjoyed the whole finance thing, but it was pretty all consuming and 
draining and soul sucking. And I really, I mean, my mother was a chef, and I just, I absolutely loved food. I mean, in college, my classmates were reading the Wall Street Journal, and I was reading, you know, I still subscribed to cooking magazines, and I just, I loved food and cooking, and I love restaurants. And so when I left finance, I was really excited to go to, I went to French Culinary Institute here in downtown New York City. And it was certainly not raw. <laughs> not raw and not vegan. I learned how to make stocks and how to butcher and bone and make, you know, hollandaise sauce and souffle. Now, did, did any of what you learned in the culinary school help you in creating the recipes you do now? Because, I, you know, I'm astounded at some of the blends that uh, chefs come up with. It's like, why did you put that with that? How did you know this would work? So did any of that help you at all? Uh, I think having a, a traditional cooking background, absolutely. I think it helps tremendously. And most of the people that work in at Pure Food and Wine have um, traditional cooking backgrounds. And I think that's, you know, that's where a lot of the creativity comes from because there's just all that experience of working with different flavors and herbs and kind of knowing how things go together and being familiar with so many different types of recipes and techniques and then just applying it to raw food. Um, so I think it helps enormously. And they really, um, you know, in pastry as well. My, you know, my pastry chef now, um, you know, worked at one of the best restaurants in New York City known for their pastry. And now she applies a lot of those techniques and to what we're doing here. So they, um, they create really amazing things in the kitchen. And I leave it up all up to them now. This second book, I think there's maybe one recipe in there that I made when I was sort of on a half vacation for a few days. Mm-hmm. But the rest of it, um, you know, they really, they they create everything at the restaurant now. Wow, that's cool. Um, yeah. yeah, we'll have to talk about your book in a second. Um, let, let's, let's find out about you when you went raw. Now, you had gone from uh, French cooking, which is my understanding, very heavy in sauces and, and bakery, as you said. Now, did you go through much of a detox when you went raw? And did you go like 100% immediately and stay that way? Or do you do the off and on and high raw? Um, in the beginning, well, I didn't go from eating. It's not, it wasn't, I didn't go from eating heavy French kind of heavy sauces and creams and lots of butter to all of a sudden raw. Um, because, you know, I'd, got, I'd finished culinary school a couple of years earlier, and that's never the way that I would like to eat. I mean, I was always very conscious of, you know, not wanting to gain weight. And so, and I was used to, I grew up eating a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. So I was used to, my body was used to eating a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables. I mean, I was one of those people who would eat huge salads and a lot of fruit, but I ate everything. And I think I also ate a lot of, like, artificial sweeteners and I remember at one point when I worked at um, the now no longer with us Bear Stearns, I was drinking twelve a twelve pack of Diet Coke in one twenty four hour period, um, oh. which is pretty gross. Yeah. So um, you know, while I thought I ate relatively healthy, there was definitely a lot of sort of processed stuff for me, mostly on the side of like you know diet foods and artificial sweeteners. But uh, but you know, on the most part, compared to a lot of people, I, I did have a lot of fresh food in my diet. So um, when we switched to raw, we did do it um, pretty much 100%. I think the only thing it took, you know, it was literally like a, a few days of weaning off of 
coffee and I still had to wean off of Diet Coke a little bit. And I think the last, I remember still for a little while we would put like goat cheese and salad for a little bit, but um, pretty much all raw. And in the way that some people do it when they don't really know exactly what they're doing and, you know, just eating a lot of, you know, snacking on tons of dried fruit and, um, and nuts and um, but still, it felt really, really good. So it was, it was pretty much 100%, and then um, stayed that way for quite a while, with exceptions now and then. But it wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, now we're raw, now we're not. And the, you know, it was just every once in a while going out to dinner with people, and um, you know, not going out to dinner and eating a huge plate of pasta or a big steak or whatever, fried something or other. It was like going out to dinner and kind of doing the best you can, but still open to trying foods. And when I, I don't, I haven't traveled in a while, but, you know, I've been to Tokyo and Istanbul and, um, and Spain and I'll eat any, you know, I'll try almost anything, but that's just, those are more exceptions. And I'm, I'm certainly a lot more relaxed about it now after, um, after it's been like a six years now. Um, but it's also easy for me because I live across from the restaurant and, I'm around, and this is kind of my business and what I do, so I have sort of the ultimate easy access to it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I think a lot of people would stay more raw, higher raw, if uh, if they had that easy access or if they had somebody able to make the food for them. But in the meantime, they just have to do what they do. All right, so we'll be back in a moment with Sarma, and uh, we're going to talk about your book and a little bit more about your restaurant. We'll be back in a moment. Hi, and welcome back to Rockin' Radio. Please check out my newest site, letstalkraw.com, where your questions will be asked of our guests. We've got a full lineup through August 2009 as of this episode. With a one uh, small one-time lifetime fee, you can participate in all the interviews by emailing your questions and receive my e-booklet, Let's Talk Raw, an unbaker's dozen of my favorite recipes. Also, this segment of Rockin' Radio is brought to you by uh, PhotoBoothLosAngeles.com, the premier photo booth rental company in Southern California. If you know of or are holding an upcoming event, please consider having PhotoBooth Los Angeles as part of the festivities. They're available for weddings, graduations, corporate events, reunions, anniversaries, bat mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, and more. Remember to Let'sTalkRaw.com. Um, my guest today is Sarma, and uh, Sarma... When you started your restaurant, would you, if, if you were going to do another one, are you going to do another one, first of all? And if you do, what would you do differently now that you know about restaurants? Um, well, for, for right now, I'm really focusing on the One Lucky Duck brand and the products and, um, you know, the, the package snack line and the online website. And I'm really focusing on all of that. Um, but I think that, I mean, I had I'm I was lucky because I had, I had spent a couple of years in the restaurant business. I opened it with somebody who had spent a long time in the restaurant business, and then um, and furthermore, there was also another company involved um, that you know was a, a restaurant company. So you know there was there was a lot taken care of. I think that if people um, people ask all the time about opening a restaurant who may have never done anything like that before. And I'd been through a restaurant opening before myself. And, um, and you know, there's just a lot 
there's a lot to think of and a lot of things that people don't even consider and realize what a huge expense they're going to be to set up and, you know, how much time it's going to take. And there's really just a lot that goes into it. Um, of course, doing it again once with the concept already established and, you know, we have so many recipes that, you know, come and go off the menu. And so, you know, there's like, there's enough recipes that we could have, you know, if we could have a kitchen five times the size that we do now, we could have a menu five times the size that we do now, but we're just constantly rotating and creating new things. So uh, everything is already sort of created. I mean, it would certainly be, um, you know, it'll it'll be a lot easier, a lot easier next time around. And also having um, having such a great staff at the restaurant, having so many people available to, um, you know, to work on it as well would be really helpful. Do you recommend they get they get backing, you know, because um, you know, I think a lot of people try to do this with their own money, and I think that's a little tough, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's certainly, I mean, I think it's most restaurants that open, you know, they're like construction projects. It's always way over budget and, you know, and takes longer than you thought. And, um, you know, I mean, if, if obviously if, somebody had unlimited funds and go for it. But, um, yeah, I mean, it would definitely make sense to be more than prepared. Okay, so let's talk about One Lucky Duck. What's going on with that? Um, that was really uh, a year after the restaurant opened or when the first book was released. Um, I wanted to create a website that was a resource for people to have access to not only our One Lucky Duck packaged snacks, but... Um, all of the ingredients and, you know, the supplements and all of the books and um, and the kitchen equipment and, you know, and then sort of cute apparel things and things for the home. Um, I really wanted to create a site that was fun and colorful and that um, didn't carry a massive amount of every brand of every product, but rather carried only the very best of what's out there. And also, uh, you know, and also it's distribution for our snack line. So I love that we do international shipping now, and um, it's just I love seeing orders of our snacks and things, or, you know, and skincare. We have a lot of skincare, and we have new cosmetics now. Um, but stuff being shipped to Italy, Japan, France, um, that's kind of really, that's really fun for me. But I like, I love that people, um, you know, people have access now to have really good snacks and things, in particular for kids. I get a lot of email from people who um, are really excited that they have something that their kids really love, and um, and you know, and they all like the, the one lucky duck and the cute one lucky duck the duck logo. And um, so it's just, I like the idea of getting it out there to more and more people. So are these all products that you use yourself? Because I'm looking at the um, night cream and nourishing treatment, and you've got a lot of great stuff here, organic body washes and shampoos, gels. Yeah, all of that. I mean, I, it's, I, mean, I use almost all of it. I'm, I, I kind of rotate through a lot of different things, but um, I definitely have some favorites, but I love all of that stuff. It's amazing because it's really important to have skincare that, you know, if you're going to eat clean food, why would you put, you know, why would you put weird chemicals on your skin that's going to soak right into your bloodstream? And um, my friend Rosemary, 
she's a makeup artist who, you know, for the biggest fashion magazines, and she's been in the industry a long time. She's a top makeup artist, and she came out with a line. And she's, um, you know, she's very much into raw food and has been for years. And so I knew when her line came out, that would be better than anything out there, better and cleaner. And so I was waiting. I didn't want to have a lot of cosmetics because I didn't want to put something up that I didn't use myself or that I thought wasn't very good. And she finally came out with her line, and um, it's unbelievable. It's called RMS Beauty. It's so amazing. And um, and it's just fun. I just thought of her because she had a big um, she had a big party with magazine editors, and she was saying how it was just funny. She was saying how you can you can literally eat it if you want. You know, you could eat the, the concealer and the eyeshadow. You can eat it because it's everything food based. Oh, that's great. I'm looking at the shampoo because that's one of the things I've had a hard time finding is shampoo without, uh, what do you call them, para- parabens and all that stuff. And this is all um, 100% pure essential oils. You've got grapefruit seed extract, natural vitamin E. as That's basically a preservative. Um, natural vitamin CF. And um, I see nothing here that I can't pronounce. Yeah. Which is yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's usually... <laughs> That's usually a good indicator. Yeah, because uh, sh- shampoo and, and conditioners are really the hardest things I have found to find. And so it's great that you have such a, a wonderful line here of all natural and organic products. That's very cool. And you've got bamboo wear. I love bamboo. She's got bamboo socks. So I'm just looking through your, your thing right now as we talk. You've got a lot of books. You don't have mine yet. I should get my get mine to you. Um but yeah, you got a good choice of books, fresh magazine. The, you know, this is a good place to go. OneLuckyDuck.com. Check it out. Um, she's got snacks here, cheesy crackers, which is drawing my attention right now. Blonde macaroons, chocolate cherry macadamia. Oh, yum! Cinnamon crispies, Irish moss. That's that's something that um, do you use Irish moss a lot in your in your restaurant. And I see it's in your book. Yeah, we use it more and more because it. Um I mean, it's Irish moss is a really interesting product because it, um, you know, it has so many nutrients in it, but it's also sort of a gelling agent, mm-hmm. a natural gelling agent, um, and it also happens to be very, um, you know, it happens to be very low fat and low calories. So it's kind of a nice way to thicken stuff if you don't want to be eating a lot of nuts or you know you don't want to be eating too much nuts or coconut oil or even though those you know those things are amazing for you. Um, Irish moss is just, it's a really great ingredient, and it is, it does appear a lot in the book, um, and it's just, it's a great ingredient. Okay, well, OneLuckyDuck.com is one place to get it. You've also got raw carob powder, which is, for many people, hard to find. Uh, you know, it's interesting, because I live in Southern California, and you living in New York, for us, I think it's easier for us to find things than in some parts of the United States, and certainly in Europe and other countries. And so um, they have to purchase online, and I hadn't really looked at your uh, One Lucky Duck line before, so I'm looking at things that even I have a hard time getting. I can't imagine how difficult it is for other people who don't have the same resources we have in California and New York. Yeah, we, I mean, we ship a lot to, um, I mean, we've, we ship a lot all over, but we ship a lot to, you know, it's just, all over various parts of the U.S., you know, like Utah and Mississippi and Kansas and places where I'm sure it's really hard to find a lot of these ingredients. And um, 
and yeah, and we get people who, you know, they buy snacks by the case and um and so it's it's nice that it's a good resource for people. Um, you know, down the road I'd like to be able to um you know, to make it in much larger quantities and hopefully, you know, slowly the price of organic ingredients will come down relative to conventional ingredients and some of the processes can be made more efficient um, so that it can just become only increasingly more affordable. Because I do realize, I mean, our our, our food is expensive. The, we make tarts and cakes and beautiful little things in, the, in our juice bar takeaway and it's all very labor-intensive and the ingredients are amazing ingredients that they're, you know, they cost us a lot of money and, um, you know, and I'd like to be able to, to do it on a larger scale where more people can have access to it. Yeah, let, let's talk about that when we come back because there's, um, there's definitely questions about it and I'm looking at it going, whew, you know, I can afford this stuff and I, I know a lot of people will look at it and go, wow. But I think once they understand what's involved, that um, they'll understand what's involved. So we'll be back in a flash. Don't go away. Hi, this is Revel. Welcome back to Rockin' Radio. Please time, take the time to check out my websites, revelations.com. That's with two V's as in victory and two L's where you can sign up for my weekly revelations. When you do, you'll receive my latest ebook, find out about my teleclasses or my books, Revolutionize Your Life in 30 Days, a self-empowering playbook, and Smoothies and Smoothies for Life, which keeps selling out on Amazon. So get it from my website, uh, revelations.com, and also books I recommend from Amazon and more. Um, the segment is brought to you by Props Productions, where you can find webinars on web servers, Web 2.0, social media, links to great money-saving online resources, and more. Find out about their latest online classes to improve your relationship with the Internet at PopsProductions.com. Remember, always surrender to the blender, and that's my book, Smoothies and Smoothies for Life. Follow me on Twitter.com slash Radio. Also, I have a uh, very cute clothing Line depicting the raw food lifestyle at Cafe Press slash Revelations. Again, with two V's and two L's. My guest today, Sarma Melngalis. And she's got a new book coming out. But I want to talk about something real real quickly first. People complain about high prices. And we touched on this just before the break. Uh, I'd like you to explain again what that what in, involves. Because uh, some of your stuff... Seems very reasonable, bamboo towels for $12, but some of the products look like, I mean, you're talking $59 for certain things. Why do you think the pro- the prices of organic products are so high, Sarma? Um, it's just, I mean, uh, I don't know, it's kind of a loaded question, because now I'm thinking about all kinds of things on a, you know, on a national and global level about farming and, you know, I mean, I just I saw something on uh, on CNN a while ago that stuck in my brain where they said that if every you know if every person in the United States actually ate you know what even not a lot of fruits and vegetables but just like the little piddly amount that the um, you know that's the recommended daily allowance of fresh fruits and vegetables uh-huh. if everybody ate that you know we couldn't supply nearly enough of that ourselves I mean there's so much so much land going and resources going towards the production of livestock and crops like soy and um, things that, you know, are, you know, soy are, are these huge industries and, um, 
and there's just not, you know, I think the priorities on a kind of national and global level need to be shifted, and hopefully that'll keep happening. Um, but, you know, and then it all just trickles down. I mean, organic ingredients are still more expensive. And then another issue is that why organic ingredients and fresh food versus, you know, packaged and processed junk foods is because fresh foods are perishable. Um, you know, fortunately, when you dehydrate things and make certain cookies and crackers, they're not, you know, it's not like having a, you know, a head of lettuce that's going to go bad in a, a few days. Um, but for the most part, the ingredients are very perishable and, um, um, and also everything is very nutrient dense. I mean, you know, there's no fillers. There's no, you know, like bulky white flour. There's just, there aren't any sort of bulky cheap ingredients that are used. Everything's really high quality and kind of intensely nutritious. And, um, and then the process is still, um, you know, is, is relatively complicated too to, to make all of these things. And it still takes a lot of labor and a lot of time. And because, you know, you're not baking something and, 10 minutes, you're putting it in the dehydrator for a long period of time. Um, you know, it takes a lot of time and resources and, um, and expertise. So again, it'll, you know, it'll keep moving in the right direction, but, um, um, you know, it's, 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 it's just, it's a choice that people make. And I know it's hard for a lot of people. We don't, it's, it's, it's nice that we don't get a lot of, we, we don't get a lot of complaints at all. I mean, people will say, oh, I love, you know, I love these cookies or that thing that you have, and it's such a treat when I go and get it, and I wish I could get it more often, and that's, it's really, um, it's nice. We don't get a lot of people complain, because some people who don't really understand and might walk in off the street think, oh, well, this is kind of outrageous. I can get, you know, a granola bar down the street for 99 cents. Why is this one so much more expensive? Um, but for the most part, people understand, and I think also that people recognize that, uh, you know, it's, it's it's all about your health and about keeping yourself healthy. And so, you know, you could probably save a lot of money in the immediate term if you did, like, the Morgan Spurlock thing and ate McDonald's for a month or whatever, ate little 99-cent value meals or things like that. I mean, that's, that would be really cheap or ate nothing but pasta. But um, but ultimately, it would pretty quickly catch up with you and um, and, you know, health-wise, to, to be healthy and productive is ultimately going to be a saving. Yeah, absolutely, because one of the things I've, I've my, my husband and I have talked about how we see these places like three tacos for 99 cents, and at one level we can understand why people would go for that, um, especially if they're, they're low income, and yet long-term you go into a hospital and you're wiped out because of your health and so what, what is the cost of that? You know, you're hoping that you're not going to get sick after eating junk food. Uh, but I'm also thinking, because I'm looking at organic shampoo for $35, and I'm thinking, you know, there's more to the process than we know. You know, it's not just the organic ingredients. It's also having the people to put that together, putting the, um, the labels on it, et cetera, et cetera. Can you give us a quickie on that one? Um. Well, in many cases, a lot of this stuff is still done on a much smaller scale. It's not, you know, there's not these huge factories that are pumping out tons of this stuff with huge, efficient machinery. Um, you know, we're still doing it by hand. Every label is put on by hand. Every package is heat sealed by hand. Everything is made by hand. Um, and, you know, we're moving towards 
being able to make it a larger facility where, you know, you use things that make it a little bit more productive. A bit. I mean, even right now in the space where we make it, we got, you know, we got a cookie sheeter, a dough sheeter, which is used for, um, you know, sheeting dough, which all of a sudden we realized we can, some of our recipes will go right through that. And wow, that's a lot easier than having to like roll it out yourself and, and then it's never consistent. And sometimes it's a little thinner, sometimes a little fatter. So now it's like, well, that process just became a little bit more efficient. And so we keep moving in that direction. But I mean, I don't, I don't make the skincare products, but I think it's, it's a similar thing. A lot of these things are made um, on a small scale. And as they, um, I mean, an example would be, I don't know how raw or not raw Larabar is, but mm-hmm. I mean, that's by a huge company. So, you know, they're, it's, they're relatively inexpensive compared to, um, you know, to other comparable products, but they're being made on a huge, huge scale. So, um, you know, it, it's, I think it'll it'll all move in the right direction because it's just it's amazing when I think about six years ago what was available and what's available now in terms of ingredients and um, oh, yeah availability yeah I mean there was no raw cocoa powder when I w- when when we started out so a lot of these things are just becoming more and more available absolutely let's talk about your book we have living raw food get the glow with one hundred more recipes from pure food and wine. Uh, very heavy, thick book. We've got, uh, let me see, we've got uh, 394 pages. We got, we got almost 400 pages in this. Uh, eight color, I mean four color, I'm sorry. Um, I don't know, I've got a galley copy. Is this going to be all in color when, uh, when it comes out as a book? And this is coming out June 30th. Today is, uh, this will be... Uh, Posted on June twenty third, two thousand nine. So the book will be out in a week after we put this up. Will it be all color, or is it um, going? Yeah, to be no, us? it's 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 the same. It's the same size. It's the same format. Same hardcover. Same full color, like Raw Food Real World. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think the galley copies they send out might be black and white or whatnot. But um, this is the format is similar, but I separated the recipes into two sections. So the first section is all of the simpler recipes. Mm -hmm. And then the second section is called Off the Menu. And those are some of the more ambitious recipes that might take a little longer. So this way it makes it easier for people if they know they don't have a lot of time to dehydrate or soak or plan ahead. um, They can just look in the first half. And then if they want to, you know, plan ahead for a party or, you know, be creative and make something they've never made before and um, be able to spend a little time with it, then the second half of the recipe are the, the more complex recipes. And some of them are still very simple, but they do, you know, it just might be a matter of, you know, put this together, but then, you know, stick in the dehydrator for five hours, six hours, eight hours. So that automatically makes it go into the second category where, uh, you know, you need to, to plan ahead. Oh, yeah, and then, go ahead. Yeah, and then there's more, um, um, you know, there's juices and shakes in the beginning. There's cocktails in the back. There's a lot of cookies and bars and things. And then, um, and then some more text about a lot of issues that I was have been asked about over the years via email and in person and whatnot. Just a lot of the a lot of the questions that people ask me over and over again. I sort of really wanted to address and some of the issues that come up. Um, you know, Raw Food Real World was really an introduction to raw food from two people who, you know, basically came at it overnight 
and this is a little bit more, um, it's more oriented around the restaurant uh, in the beginning parts, and then in the end, is, uh, it's more about what it's like after five years and some of the ups and downs that people go through. Because I get so many questions from people, you know, saying they fell off the wagon or they, you know, I mean, a lot of the questions that revolve around um, the more emotional stuff or stuff to do with kind of, okay, it's been a few years, now what? Um, so I wanted to address some of those things. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now I'm looking through, and there are a few things here that people would not consider raw, like maple syrup, date sugar, um, why have you chosen to use some of these things? I don't really, I don't think there's anything wrong with maple syrup. Um, of course, technically, yeah, but it's, it's a pretty common ingredient in a lot of raw food. And, um, um, you know, we use it here and there. Almost always you can substitute if you want to, and that's usually noted. But some ingredients like that, I don't, I mean, you can't really get more natural than maple syrup. It's like comes right out of a tree. And I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I think that, um, you know, I think that I've personally, I've never, I've never ever been, I've never claimed to be 100% raw and I don't really mm-hmm. strive to be. And I think that, um, you know, just because of a, a technicality that maple syrup is, is you know comes out of a tree and it's boiled down to condense it, um, but there's nothing. To me, there's nothing harmful in there. It's still full. Of, it still has plenty of nutrients in it, and it's an amazing, incredibly natural ingredient. Um, you know, so what? Is there something wrong with that? We don't use a ton of it, but no, I was I was just bringing up, but but uh, I know somebody else, uh, another chef who uses it, and and the question I asked the question because I mean these are questions people ask. But I was also told that um, like maple syrup as opposed to agave will give a whole different texture to the uh, um, recipe. Is, is, do you find this to be true? Yeah, it is. I mean, if you're gonna if you're making something for yourself at home, it's a little bit different. But if you're trying to produce something on a large scale, maple syrup will, um, you know, it is different than agave nectar, so it will be slightly different. It's the sort of thing that you just kind of need to play around with. But um, we're um, we're even switching out some of our recipes. I mean, the, the macaroons are such a classic thing that we've been making from the beginning, and um, we're switching to agave. But the recipe still has to be tweaked. Um, just because things like water content and, you know, the amount of time it dehydrates and things like that will vary slightly. And also maple has, you know, maple has a very specific flavor. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and whereas agave is very neutral. And agave, as far as rawness, is also questionable. There's a lot of people questioning that one. So if somebody has an issue with it, get over it. Yeah, I mean, well, I think that there's people are going to be questioning... There, it seems like there's always a various ingredients that there's all sorts of controversy around. And, um, you know, I, unless there's something really horrible going on, like some, you know, because now agave nectar is in grocery stores all over the place, which is yes. amazing. Mm-hmm. But did hear whatever rumors that some company was, like, cutting it with corn syrup overseas, which is terrible. But, you know, the stuff that we get, we're, you know, it's really important that we get incredibly good, good stuff. So it's not that same product. But, you know, with things like whether, you know, whether cashews are heated above a certain temperature when they're, they come out of the shell, and there's always a lot of controversy. And I feel like we get the very best of what is available. And, you know, when you compare this to 
processed food and unnatural foods, it's pretty much as good as you can get. So I don't really get too hung up on, um, you know, we always investigate everything and, and are concerned about it. But, um, you know, I just really, to me, it's just important to put out a good product that people really like and that people find appealing. And what matters to me so much is that the restaurant, last night I was at the restaurant all night and the back garden was open and the place was full of there's older people, younger people, all kinds of interesting people, um, you know, people from overseas who've never had this before, um, food people, you know, but the, the vast majority of them, I think, are not raw. It's not people, people that come to Pearson Wine all the time aren't raw and they're not necessarily vegan, but we have so many people that come on a regular basis. Um, because they enjoy it, which I love, and we have so many people that come to try it because they've heard about it and and because they really enjoy it and are really positively surprised by it, then I feel like that sort of helps to open people's minds to eating a little better, you know, throughout their lives, and that's kind of what I really want to do is, is get more and more and more people uh, interested in it. Okay, final question on the book. Uh, this is something some people may have issues with as well, which is sparkling wine. Um, sake, I, I, this is the first book I've seen that actually has sake in it. Uh, my question, being a non-drinker, would be, Is there are there substitutes for the sake or the wine, or is that just something I'll have to overlook? Um, well, nobody is forcing you to drink it. That's, I mean... No, I know, have... but I'm just asking if there, if there are any kind of substitutes, or is that just something... I mean, if, if, with the recipes, you can always leave it out. I mean, every all of the all of the sake cocktails that we make in the restaurant, and the, the first Rockford Real World has a whole chapter of the same thing, sake cocktails. Oh, okay. I missed that. People can order them without the sake. I, I do that very often. Sometimes when I, um, you know, order it without the sake, so you know, it's just a matter of leaving it out. But we do have an extensive wine list, and part of the reason why. So many people come because, you know, this is the reality is that if we didn't have any uh, wine or sake, we would just be cutting out a huge segment of the vast majority of people that would come to the restaurant. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, and, we w- but as, as somebody who wants to make the recipe, though, we can always use a sparkling white um, grape juice or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. Most of them are, most of them, if you kind of just left the sake out, it's not like you have to put something else in. But, you know, it's more a matter of the flavor combinations and the different herbs and things that are used in them. So, Absolutely. Yeah, they definitely can be made without sake. Okay, so Living Raw Food, uh, Get to Glow with 100 More Recipes from Pure Food and Wine by Sarma Balgalis, will be out uh, June 30th. Amazon and on your site and a whole lot of places, I'm assuming. That's June 30th, 2009. And Sarma, thank you. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Uh, great interview and enjoyed talking with you. Uh, OneLuckyDuck.com, PureFoodAndWine.com. Any other uh, URLs I should know? Um, no, but um, if you go to OneLuckyDuck.com, we're reconfiguring it all so that in a couple of weeks, when you go to OneLuckyDuck.com, it'll have all of the subsets. You can go from there to Pure Food and Wine. You can go from there to, to whatever else we're going to have. Um, 
Perfect. So, so it'll kind of be all-encompassing. Great. Sounds good. Alrighty. So thank you for listening. Check out my blog, revelations.com slash weekly for a review of Sarma's book, Living Raw Food. And it's available pre-order on both my blog and if you go to the Rock and Radio website. Remember, go right now to register for it. Let's talk raw.com. Got some great guests coming up. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Rock and Radio. Please feel free to go to rockandradio.com to purchase books and DVDs by all of my guests to keep this program on the air. If you'd like to advertise on or sponsor this program, please contact me at spillyourbeans at rockandradio.com. My engineer Isbo Astrup, I'm Revel Revity saying, remember to revel in life and always play with your food. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.